0: I'm James I'm sitting here next to Ming Liu, who is a novelist. She has uh, published her first book, which is called Our Man in China. And she also writes as a journalist, primarily for the Financial Times, for the FT Weekend, and also for the New York Times. How are you? I'm really well,
1: thank you, James. Where are we sitting? We are actually sitting outside the Basel train station, waiting for a Tram to take us to our Basel. I
0: was just thinking about the book, which is how um, I introduced you. You know, I read that book, and I'm not a, a great reader of novels, but I read that book um, partly because you wrote it and partly because I was interested in the subject matter. Our Man in China really was a commentary today about um, the people, n- not necessarily in China, but those who have moved abroad. is one of the great diasporas of this century. What do you think you wrote intending for your reader to take from it?
1: Yeah, I think when I wrote that book, I was really, I was really too, um, driven by the optimism that a lot of Chinese Americans had about the rise of China and going back to China and feeling that they could straddle both sides, as we say. i I'm, I'm I'm East and I'm West. I'm Chinese and I'm American. And actually, the more people that I met living in China, the more Chinese Americans that I met living in China found it quite. Hard to um, found it quite hard to fulfill that that ambition that they had in China to succeed and to do really well.
0: Um, you were born in New York.
1: Yeah, I was born in New York, and, and I left the U.S. when I was six, and I lived sort of I lived all over Asia, and I finished my high school in Beijing. So in some ways, I can relate, I hope, to Chinese Americans, but having spent a lot of my young years living in Asia, it's always a mix as well.
0: Um, When you think about China, because you write about China uniquely, you know, having partly grown up there, but also living outside today, you're based over in London. Um, What do you think is the ambition for the Chinese today when you see them around the world, when you see them at art fairs, when you see them at jewellery fairs, when you write about them? what is the ambition that you spoke of earlier in your novel?
1: Well, I think the one thing I notice about Chinese, as in the mainland Chinese, is they're so ch- it, is they are so hungry for knowledge. Whether it's art, whether it's luxury goods, like learning about whiskey or learning about watches, they really do their homework and they really are so hungry for information. And I think in, in that way, it's kind of an ambition as well to to. Acquire information and to be the best that they can be.
0: It's always interesting because we talk about them as consumers, mm. and that can be as factuals. That can sometimes be a bit dismissive about the role that they play. Um, what about as creators or even as consumers through that the influence in how designers create today?
1: Yeah, I think um, like any nation which has more economic power they will begin to acquire their own taste they'll be more discerning about what they see and like i said part of part of being so ambitious and being so hungry is that they're i think that they are open to not seeing only europe but america and south america so they will absorb all this information and then be and then be able to like you say curate things with quite Quite a good eye because they, because they, like I said, t- taken in
0: so much. You see, with some home collections or even jewelry collections, different houses, for example, bring out special editions that reflect the particular zodiac year, that particular animal, whether it be an ox or a rabbit or uh, what other animals are there? Snake. Horse. What are you? What yeah. animal are you? I'm a horse. You're a horse. Yeah. Okay, um, but then you also. You see that in watches and jewelry. Yeah,
1: and you see lots of um, watch brands, Western watch brands, making Zodiac watches for yeah. um, China, uh, whether they're for Chinese customers but Chinese market. And they come out every year. Um, this year was the year of the, 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 the monkey, and a few watch brands put out really highly decorative one-off pieces
0: Uh, we're at Art Basel but I know that you were here not so long ago and you come regularly for the watch and jewelry fair which is of course one of the big global editions is here in this very city Um, that was our tram but we're missing that one so before the next tram arrives I mean for the watches and jewelry has there been any defining story in your mind where you think oh gosh you know that's China today that represents that hunger for knowledge I mean for the people listening here how do you translate that hunger in the behavior, in maybe an anecdote that you have? The Chinese
1: are driving more high complicated watches, um, high, high complication watches. A lot of Chinese like Tourbillons, which is, um, they like that it's advanced, they like it's sophisticated. And I think as more Chinese buy them, the Western brand will develop more sophisticated pieces for that audience.
0: Let's just say there is a watch or... Let's say one watch brand, one jewelry brand, one home brand. And they're listening to you right now, and as someone with your own perspective and your own informed insight, what would you say that they should do in terms of an end product? So watch, jewelry, home. If you were to design one for a Chinese consumer, what would you do that you haven't seen yet?
1: Gosh, James, (laughs) that's... I think what Van Cleef & Arpels is doing for the women's watches, um, telling stories through highly complicated pieces, I think that's really interesting. I think Chinese like that because it's a bit imaginative, Um, it's unique, you know, not everyone will have a watch like that. Um, I think I like the idea that storytelling is being found on watches, maybe because I write and I like stories, and I like that. I don't think people use watches to read the t- time anymore. We all have phones, we don't need super precise. So
0: interesting research. what you say. Yeah. So it's not the necessity that it was before. No. I mean, how often do you, I'm looking at your watch right now, which I think that you're, you got from your grandmother.
1: yeah. But yeah.
0: do you use your watch a lot to tell the time specifically, or do you still, by default, sometimes just take out your phone from your bag?
1: I mean, I do by default take out my phone, and it's so easy. And but sometimes it's nice to look down at my wrist when I'm in a rush. Tell us what you
0: tell us about what you're wearing on your wrist and yeah. your left wrist right now.
1: Well, I'm wearing my watch, as we talked about. So this watch, um, like you said, my parent it was my grandmother passed down. But actually, when my parents celebrated their twentieth anniversary, my parents bought watches for themselves and also one for my dad's mom. Do you want so to describe she it? it down. So it's. A Rolex Oyster Perpetual, um, and it's uh, steel and gold mix. And more importantly, it's got diamonds on it, which I love. Um, and also on my wrist is um, two pieces actually by my dear friend, who's a jeweler, Sabine Romer, and she's just launched a sort of a everyday wearable brand called Atelier Romy. So I'm wearing a sort of signet-like bracelet. That's a rose gold uh, one.
0: And rose gold. And, and then, then you have something else.
1: Yeah, and then I have a uh, bracelet, it's a sort of special bracelet also from Sabine. And um, this one is, um, it is a charity bracelet, proceeds of which go to earthquake victims, um, sorry, landslide and earthquake victims during the Ladakh crisis. I want to say around 2011, perhaps. Um, and you got another yeah. piece in
0: your right wrist.
1: Yeah, and I have another piece on my I like right this wrist. one a lot. This is a Bulgari uh, wraparound leather serpenti bracelet, which I love, and I wear day or night, and it's one Actually, of I saw
0: transition. that. Is yeah. that is that a new piece for you? Um, I think I've seen you wear it does. before.
1: Um, I might have, yeah. I think during the summertime, because it's sort of a it's a very striking pink, so it looks good in the summer, and I like to it. I wear saw it for the first it, yeah. time
0: in Rome um, last week, and I think I saw it in blue and grey. It was very attractive when you see it in the store, particularly. Um, and as you said, telling stories. So you said Van Cleef tells you stories around its ladies' watches. Mm-hmm. So that's something that you think would appeal, particularly to a Chinese consumer. And then we said home, and jewelry. So a piece of jewelry first. What would you pick? A bracelet, a pair of earrings, a ring, a pendant, a necklace. Well,
1: one ju- one jeweler that I've just come across, who happens to be a Chinese jeweler, his name is Bo Han Xu. Um, He is he's pretty fabulous. I mean, basically, he's making these sort of blown crystal glass pieces that are jewelry, but he's injected them with a special fluid and diamonds, so diamonds float inside these glass really? sculptures. Really? So and they're free-flowing, really, Yeah, literally. they're free-flowing, and in the light, you can just imagine how they reflect the light, and they swim around, and it, Is it's Is that the original prominent. concept? Yeah, it's um, it's his design, and the liquid that's used, the diamonds can flow in, the diamonds don't lose their colour. I think he said it's, it's, it's so pure that you could drink this stuff, but it's patented, so... Um,
0: so it's you don't drink it
1: maybe maybe it's got some sort of like secret fountain of youth kind of recipe that we should Actually, I saw,
0: him, I saw him. him on your Instagram if you want to follow Ming she's at at Ming Liu writes so that's M-I-N-G L-I-U writes because she writes
1: in life I mean that's obviously
0: <laughs> what she does so at Ming, Ming Liu, Liu writes
1: it's taken on Instagram as it
0: would be so Ming Liu was taken so oh, you yeah, went Ming Liu writes Ming, yeah
1: lots of Ming Lus on Instagram
0: And that's the same one for your Twitter, I think, as well. Yeah, So we've got that, and then let's quickly talk about...
1: One thing, James, I would say, I don't know if this counts, but um, there's a lot of web services now where you can order fresh flowers, and they come to your house every week, and they're delivered every week, and they're in-season flowers, and I just think that is such a personal luxury, both for yourself, whether you're entertaining... Um, they just come to your house. There's, 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 there's an all kinds of ones online. I think Flower Box is one. There's another one called F- Freddie's Flowers. But you can Google these things, and there are tons of. Services. So you think it's the
0: flowers, the fresh flowers? I think
1: fresh cut flowers. And if you buy them from the web, they um, what like all web businesses, they've cut out. The, the middleman, so they're really fresh, they last a long time, they're So beautiful. they
0: arrive already arranged.
1: Yeah, or you can pick them, you, you can see what's in season that week, you know, and you can arrange them yourself, and I think that is so nice, because like you said, it's as much for entertaining, but also for when you come home, I mean, I love when I get sent fresh flowers and you kind of don't remember that they're there, and you come home from a long day at work, and you're so exhausted, I and mean, you, you see those flowers when you walk in and they just grind your day or your, the day that you
0: have. I think it's fascinating that you mentioned flowers and I agree with you entirely. I think the ultimate chic is if you picked your own flowers from your own garden, that your gardener grew for you, but you pretended to tend to, yeah, yeah. and then you arranged them yourself. I think that would be the ultimate in chic. So I've given everybody the address at Ming Liu Wrights. You can also DM her there if you would like an address to send her fresh flowers so that whenever she walks through the door, she can see more beautiful flowers from you.
1: Thank you, James.
0: Thanks very much. Thank and I you. think that um, I think our next one will be coming soon. What does the board say? The
1: board says, whoa, well, 15 minutes.
0: 15 minutes
1: <laughs> we, we really missed, missed out about on one. four that it came that's all right we're sitting in the Sun beautiful day
0: and here at Art Basel thanks very much Ming